Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Miners looking like they're going to bring the house. They back off and rush just four. Incomplete. And intercepted. And it is Jair Brown, one play after another. And it looks like that's going to hold up. Now back to Overtime with Sterling Bennett and Mark Grandy on 95.7 The Game. One hour left of overtime here on 95.7 The Game. That highlight you just heard Joe Davis on Fox. The Jair Brown interception with the assist to Dre Greenlaw's helmet as it bounced off of him in the forehead, high into the air and into the arms of Jair Brown. Baker Mayfield targeting Godwin. Greenlaw was there to throw just a little bit off target, bounces off his helmet, and the Niners get a big turnover to help them come out with a win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Final score, 27-14. to The Niners have now won consecutive games after losing three in a row. The bye in between the two streaks. They're now 7-3, and three, and they got some help from the rivals from down south, the Los Angeles Rams knocked off the Seattle Seahawks today, 17-16. to So Seattle falls. They're now 6-4. and The Niners 7-3, and and they are currently alone in first place in the NFC West. The only piece of bad news for the Niners today, Talanoa Hufunga uh, left the game with what looks like a serious knee injury. Kyle Shanahan has said they are expecting or they are fearing a torn ACL We'll know for sure tomorrow when they uh, get some more tests done. Uh, A tough loss there for the 49ers, but Sterling, all in all, today has been a phenomenal day. They win. The Seahawks lose. They're alone in first place in the NFC West. And now you turn around. Short week. You go to Seattle on Thanksgiving evening. Five, what, 5.15 kickoff. We'll have uh, the overtime show, the postgame show for you here after the game ends, probably around 8.30 or so. We'll go deep into the Thanksgiving night. Uh, but today, a good day for the San Francisco 49ers. Can I bring my Thanksgiving dinner to the studio? Yeah, why not? Can I have a turkey leg on the air? Yeah. Some potatoes, some corn like a Brock Purdy out there in Iowa? It would uh, feel better if you do that after a Niners win than a Niners loss. Well, I can drown my sorrow if they lose in the food afterwards and be like, Mark, I'm so sad. I mean, what was it? The last time the Niners played on Thanksgiving, it was against the Seahawks, I think. Is that the Sherman In Santa Clara <laughs> and Sherman turkey leg on the field. Yeah. That was like... Was that the Harbaugh era? Was that Chip Kelly? Was that Tom Sula? I think it was, that was the Harbaugh era. Was it the last year of Harbaugh? I think so. So was it the first year of Levi's? Maybe that's why it was featured on Thanksgiving. Levi's w- had a rough first couple of years. It was <laughs> dark times. What was that? Dark times. 2015, I believe. So the what the first four years of, it, of its existence was awful. They yeah, had the, it might have been. Tw- they put yeah. the turf in. It was awful. Had to take it out and put the grass <laughs> in. And they had like three losing, four losing seasons in a row. And 2019 obviously sparks what has now been one of the better eras in Niners yeah. football. But Thanksgiving night, 
Niners in Seattle, I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate Thanksgiving than actually gorging myself and indulging in one of the seven deadly sins. That being said, finishing it off and topping it off with the best dessert of all time, a Niners win over the Seahawks. I was going to say, I agreed. I can't think of a better way to celebrate Thanksgiving than with a Niners win over Seattle in Seattle. I also can't think of a worse way to celebrate Thanksgiving (laughs) than the Niners' loss in Seattle. I might cry on the air. <laughs> you might see me just shirt covered in mashed potatoes, just tears down my face. Tune in. That being it's said, you probably radio. wouldn't want to watch the stream at that point. <laughs> you know, that, that is a disgusting view I'm watching. Stay on off YouTube. of YouTube. Yikes. But but great win today. San Francisco goes to seven and three on the year. Twenty seven to fourteen over. Baker Mayfield led Buccaneers another NFC victory, which does indeed help if there is a tiebreaker down the road. Yeah, good point. If it's the Lions or even the Eagles, maybe. San Francisco, I believe, this year is undefeated. Or no, only one loss against the NFC this year, that being the Vikings. They got three straight games in a row against the NFC coming up. It's a good chance to either extend the lead in the NFC West, at least get three wins against the NFC. And if you're lucky... Maybe all things turn themselves around and we're having a conversation a month from now saying, number one seed in the NFC, here we come. But Chiefs-Eagles tomorrow night. But That's a huge game for the Niners, Chiefs-Eagles. You hope the Lions took care of business today against the Bears. They didn't. But if the Chiefs can handle it, and I never thought I might call myself a Swifty for one night. I don't know if the rumors are true, but apparently she's not going to be in attendance tomorrow. That's that's bad news for Travis Kelsey. Have you seen the splits? I have not. With no. Taylor in attendance and without Taylor in attendance, <laughs> Kelsey's like the best receiver in the league when she's there and like averages 40 a game when she's not. So my fiance went on to, to the Eras Tour concert, mm-hmm. and when I tell you, she told me she cried. <laughs> and I, I was like, what are you talking about? Then I sat back and said, I think your relationship with Taylor Swift might be mine with the Niners. I cried when they lost to the Ravens in the Super Bowl. My mother had to console me in the fam. I'm sitting there, Mom, I can't believe we lost. Oh, my goodness. And she's like, it's okay, honey. It's okay. It was such a bad when night. When they lost against <laughs> the Seahawks and even against the Chiefs, coming back to the studio uh, here to work the, the post-game show afterwards, I'm sitting here like, I don't want to be here. I'm angry. I'm mad. But I tell you what. A win today and a win against the Seahawks next week on Thanksgiving. Oh, we are going to party. Yeah. Era's store. <laughs> Era's store style. We're, we're talking fireworks and, and wardrobe changes, food all over Whoa. the place. We're going to go crazy. Wardrobe changes. You will see me just, we're going to go nuts on 95.7 The Game. All right. It's appointment radio. Don't miss it. <laughs> Thanksgiving night, overtime with myself and Sterling. We got you covered. Win or lose for the Niners against the Seahawks coming up in a handful of days. Right now, though, we're, we are reacting to the Niners' win over Tampa Bay 27-14. to We got to play something from Brock Purdy. He was asked if he wanted to prove something after the team's three-game losing streak, kind of what we were talking about He's been doubted. People saying Jacksonville last week was a huge moment for him because he needed to reprove that he is the quarterback of this team for the future. We'll get to that in just a little bit. You want to hear his comment there. But first, let's go back to the phone lines here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, Up first is Sanjay Ray in Santa Clara. You're on overtime here on 95.7 The Game with Grandy and Sterling. What's up? What would you think of that Niners win today? Uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty good, you know. Okay, we couldn't do nothing against the screen, but, you know, Brock Purdy looks like a world beater. And Brandon Ayuk, he's proven to be a top 10 receiver. So, that's pretty good. Yeah, Sanjay. Top 10? Wow. I mean, Ayuk was really good today. Top 10 in the entire league, though? Ayuk's had an interesting season because he had the first two touchdowns of the year against Pittsburgh. He absolutely dominated. I remember because, of course, I was playing him in fantasy, and he had two touchdowns <laughs> and like 100 yards in the first half, and I wanted to cry even though I was very happy that Niners got off to a big start. Um, but then he did not have a touchdown until last week. Yeah. He went from week two all the way through the bye week, week nine, without a touchdown. Had a touchdown last week, had another this week. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me to – and I wanted to. He was having a great year to begin the season. It was like, okay, like we are seeing someone who wants to get paid. He knows his worth, and he's proving it every single week. 
when you don't have Debo and Trent, the whole offense struggled, mind you, but it's also hard for me to sit here and say, you are a top 10 receiver, but only that when Debo and Trent are on the field. So, yeah, week one, he had eight for 129. He's had some good games there without touchdowns. Arizona in week three, he had six for 148. He had nine for 109 and a pass-heavy attack in the loss uh, against Cincinnati. He had 10, uh, pardon me, four catches for 76 yards against Cleveland in that loss. He's had some big games despite not getting into the end zone. He has 675 yards now uh, through the Niners' 10 games. He's, he's on pace uh, to get over 1,000 for the second consecutive season. But it has kind of been an up-and-down season in terms of him getting into the end zone. And you're right, the statement that he made week one, you felt like, oh, yeah. this guy's going to get double-digit touchdowns. He's 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 gonna he, he's gonna ch- like challenge some Niners, I don't know franchise numbers, not necessarily records because Jerry Rice, of course, owns every single record in the book. But he's gonna put himself up there with some of the elite receivers that this franchise yeah. has ever seen, and they've seen some incredibly good wide receivers, Owens and Jerry Rice. On that battle, <laughs> he's certainly up there in that group. Yeah, uh, Braylon Edwards. Oh my God. But. Um, you thought that that was what was coming, and yeah. while he hasn't been bad by any stretch, it hasn't been that good, uh, but it seems like he's getting back into that rhythm once again with Brock Purdy, and we talked about it earlier. When he is able to create that much space over the middle consistently, he just makes things so much easier for the rest of the offense, and you can maybe credit his big games to defenses, worrying about McCaffrey and yeah. Debo and all that. That's certainly part of it. Um, but he is clearly an incredibly talented wide receiver. I would probably disagree with our caller, Sanjay, because the consistency just isn't quite there just yet. I think he has the potential to be top 10. I do wonder if, while this offense, the best scheme in the entire league, I do wonder if Ayuk played elsewhere, would he already be top 10? Like, if he was another team's number one bona fide, no-question receiver... Take Kansas City, for example. I'd hate to see that, but you give me Ayuk and Mahomes, I mean, we're talking night-night. He's top five. But now he's on San Francisco, which it's more of an all-around, let's kick you in the butt kind of system. We're just going to stomp your face in the mud and say we'll beat you from every single angle. Where Ayuk yeah, it'll can be, It'll flourish. be this guy one day and this guy another. Right. And, yeah. and we've seen that the past two games where you have Kittle has two touchdowns, Ayuk has a couple, Juice, and now McCaffrey. I do wonder that when the offseason comes and, and somebody has to get paid, I, I know Ayuk has the big paycheck, and it's a long ways away. There's going to have to be a conversation of, do you pay Chase Young or do you pay Brandon Ayuk? Mm. I hate that and at the same time love that because we have that much talent. Both those guys want to get paid. I would lean to be paying Ayuk. Now, he can price himself out, and again, it's so far away, but the way he's playing – he might play himself almost out of a contract for the Niners, which great for us this year, but knowing how great he is as this team's, dare I say, number two complement to Debo Samuel's just bulldozer mentality style of play, he is kind of the more precision go-up-and-get-it receiver where he ain't going to run you over, but he's going to be a great blocker. He'll be open consistently. You don't want to lose that knowing Danny Gray's kind of in the doghouse, Ronnie Bell can't get reps, Juwan Jennings also a free agent. You could argue they may have to let other people go to retain Brandon Ayuk, and he may be the most important piece that's a free agent this year. That's the biggest decision looming for the Niners yeah. coming up, is do they pay Brandon Ayuk, do they pay someone else, what do they do? That's, that's certainly a decision coming, and it's probably going to have to happen this offseason. All right, let's go back to the phones here on overtime on 95.7 The Game. We do have that Brock Purdy sound to get to, but up first, Dre in Lamore. Dre, you're on overtime with Grandy and Sterling. The Niners knock off Tampa Bay today 27-14. to Dre, what stood out to you from this Niners win? Hey, thanks for taking my call. I got a take on Brock Purdy, but first, can I get my two cents on Ayuk? Yeah, go ahead, Dre. I think he is the most best precise route runner on the Niners. It's obvious. I think he's the number one, or Debo's the number two. But Debo has that bulldog mentality where he runs people over. He can take a short one and take it all the way. 
And today, Ayuk is the first time he showed me breakaway speed. I've seen him get in the open, but I've never seen him break away and get that. So I'm with you guys. I hope we can sign him and Young in the offseason. Maybe <laughs> Young will take a one-year deal. I mean, that would be ideal, Dre. Yeah. Um, I think it depends if you're you're arguing about the, the Ayuk, Debo. It depends how you define, like, number one receiver. Ayuk is the better prototypical wide receiver because he's an elite route runner, one of the best in the entire NFL. He is precise, as Dre said. Uh, His his footwork is incredible. Um, But Debo Samuel impacts the game in a more unique and, uh, I don't know, exciting way. He's the better weapon. Debo is the offensive weapon number one on this team. And even if, I mean, today, like, the the numbers, the touches weren't there for Debo Samuel. I mean, he had what? He had four catches, no, four targets, three catches for 63 yards, and had one carry and went backwards on that one. Just because he, Ayuk's outshone him today in terms of yards and touches and touchdowns, that doesn't mean that he's necessarily the better weapon. But it it just depends how you define number one receiver, and for me, it's just semantics. doesn't really matter all that much, but... Uh, it is clear that both of these guys are very important weapons to the offense and why the, the decision coming up for the Niners in the offseason is so important and I think kind of a difficult one to gauge because Ayuk and Debo both do things in an entirely different way and they almost fit perfectly because they, as a whole, increase the skill set of the offense. You have Debo who can beat you on the ground and in in, in some of these more trick play kind of things, you have end arounds and reverses and Debo taking a simple pass to the flat and breaking seven tackles for 40 yards. And you have Ayuk who's wide open over the middle 24 seven. You just have, when you have as a defense to try to contend with both of those possibilities on the field at the same time, it makes it that much more difficult. So for me, it's kind of hard to evaluate because the presence of one makes the other better right. and vice versa. It's almost like the anti-Anquan Bolden and Michael Crabtree. Where, like, (laughs) both those guys were kind of the same, although Anquan was so much better than Crabtree, in my opinion. Whereas, again, those guys were over the middle, just middle of the field, kind of, not even yak guys, just, like, over the middle kind of dogs. Whereas Debo will run right through you in the backfield, Ayuk will crush you on a cross over the middle, and then he'll also get you for a 76-yard touchdown pass, where this team... Well, those Niner teams with Harbaugh and Kaepernick and Gore and those guys were much more a Vernon Davis, Frank Gore-led offense with Crabtree and Bolden kind of being compliments to that, to the offense. It feels as if this is by far, and I think it shouldn't even be a question, the best Niner receiving core, or at least top two guys since Rice and T.O. Um, and I also think that yeah, I agree. they're the most explosive receivers we've had since then. And I think they're, but they're 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 utilized in a way where you can argue that Debo really isn't a receiver. He is by position, but really isn't utilized as one most of the time. Like if you told me, and I, and I didn't know Debo Samuel was, he plays running back. I go, yep, that makes sense. Hey, he plays tight end. Yep, that makes sense. Hey, he plays receiver. Yep, that makes sense. It feels like he plays positionless football. And Ayuk's like, I'm just a really good receiver who does everything well. The only thing I don't do well is scoring touchdowns outside of the, the four games I scored one this year. <laughs> like, but besides that, Ayuk has been great this year. And it's gotten to a point where I think you can almost match up. Like, going into this game, any team that plays zone coverage, I say, yep, that's an Ayuk game. That's an Ayuk game. Because you, if you're going to play soft zone, he's going to dice you up up and you're gonna have times like today where he has five for 156 and one touchdown like if you play soft zone at least one player on this team is going to crush you and his name is likely going to be Brandon Ayuk yeah and he's turning into one of Brock Purdy's favorite weapons and I've been teasing the sound that I want to get to Brock Purdy was asked about the three game losing streak and some of the the talk that was kind of encircling him uh there was the question that you mentioned towards Kyle Shanahan, if he would ever think about, or when do you think about bringing in a different quarterback and trying someone else and all of that. Brock Purdy was asked if after hearing that talk, after the three-game losing streak, 
if he wanted to prove something to himself, to anyone else, uh, here's what the quarterback of the Niners had to say. I was more upset with not even like that we were complacent or anything, but almost like, you know, we're just going to walk into the game and it's going to be given to us in a sense. Like, I had to get back to, man, we got to go take it. We got to go earn it every single game. It doesn't matter who we're playing. It's the NFL. Anything can happen on any Sunday. And so that's like the chip that I was talking about. And so sort of getting back to that, you know, and improving myself every drive, every play that I can be the guy for this team, you know, and I have to earn it every single week at practice and meetings, whatever it may be. So that's the mindset of what I was talking about. And yeah, definitely more in tune to being detailed and stuff the last couple of weeks and finding that chip again. So I guess it's good to learn those lessons late October, early November, then later in the year. That's kind of what it yeah. felt like. The, the, the team not rest on their laurels, but they got a little bit complacent. They were 5-0. and They were riding high. They just absolutely eviscerated one of the better teams in the NFC, in the Dallas Cowboys, whether or not you agree. I don't care. They are one of the better teams in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah. And they've played great since then, the they, Dallas Cowboys. Do they share the same record now? I are think so. I think they're 7-3. and three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're not in first place in their division, of course, because <laughs> the one-loss Eagles Frauds. are out there. No. <laughs> well, we, we Niners fans should wish they were a little bit closer to the Eagles. Uh-huh. It might be tomorrow night. They might. You never know. Help. But that lesson, I think, that the Niners learned, it's it's the same thing Fred Warner said after the Jacksonville game. Like, we learned our lesson, right? Yeah. Um, maybe you're a little mm-hmm. bit concerned that was a lesson that had to be learned. Right, you've been there before. Why were you even... <laughs> resting on your laurels or just thinking you had it in the bag in the first place. But if you were to learn it at any point, I guess it's better to learn it, what, week 8, week 9, week 10, than yeah. week 13. Yeah, and and look, this team, and they have they admitted it themselves, they forgot how to lose. They didn't know what it felt like to lose. You lose well, a game. To even be pressed. Yeah, and then you start to spiral a little bit, and you're like, we don't know what this is like, and then all of a sudden... You're sitting there, we have three games in a row we've lost, and now we have bye week. Like, we have to get things right. And again, the past two weeks, you've given up 17 total points. You have, what is it, nine sacks and six takeaways. Your defense, outside of defending screen passes, seems like it's fixed. Now, again, you've lost. You're starting all pro safety in Tauno Hufunga for it seems like the entire year. That's a huge blow. How can you respond to that now? Is it Jair Brown? Is it George Odom? This team's journey to getting a Lombardi Trophy hasn't been easy so far. Now, again, they're 7-3, and three, a long way to go. Their toughest stretch of the year coming up the next three, four weeks. But there are still many questions to be answered. How do you respond to Funga getting hurt? Who takes his spot? Who steps up? Can the offense continue to score 27-plus points a game? Can you get McCaffrey 100 yards again next week? Like You have a divisional opponent next week. Those games are never easy. Yeah, we can clown Seattle. I'll do it all the time. I I will take every chance I can get to clown. You better hope that the Seahawks <laughs> don't win on Thursday, Sterling. I will take every chance I get to clown Pete Carroll's gum-chewing mouth on the air. Because that guy, just, it just bothers me when he's smacking that gum. Just, it's like, dude, I just please spit it out. Please spit it out. That being said, divisional games are always tough. Seahawks always come to play against the Niners. Even when this team's riding high, you always fear, oh, that there's Seattle week coming up. This team is going to go through their gauntlet the next three weeks. How do you respond? Again, who do you trust? I trust Brock Purdy. I, tr- I trust this team. And even if they just beat Seattle and lose to Philadelphia, so what? You're undefeated in the division still. One game, two games closer to clinching it. And at that point, all you got to do is get in, fight for the two seed, and hope, just hope, you play Philadelphia to smack them again come playoff time. Yeah, next three weeks. Seattle, Philadelphia, Seattle. Yeah. We're going to learn a lot about this team. And, Who are they? What are and, they made of? And what they, they could what could be in store for them in the playoffs these next three weeks. A lot on the line. The division, the potential one seed these next three weeks. A huge three-week stretch here for the San Francisco 49ers. And we'll be with you every step of the way here on 95.7 The Game. All right, time for a break. We've got one more segment of overtime left. If you want to get in, this is your last chance. Give us a call right now, 888-957-9570. we got to hear from George Kittle. He uh, said some interesting things about rookie Jair Brown. Kind of a vote of confidence? Kind of not? Did you eat your pumpkin loaf today, Mark? My pumpkin loaf? You didn't see the video of George Kittle saying they eat pumpkin loaf before every game? 
No, I did not. Wow. See that. Get I, your pumpkin loaf, Freddie Mark. I did not eat my pumpkin loaf. I'll have to check it out oh, yeah. here during the break. He also talked about Brock Purdy, uh, the system quarterback. Brock Ooh. Purdy is what George Kittle said. Dink and dunk. In, in jest, of course. All right, that's coming up on the other side. Again, give us a call, 888-957-9570. One more segment of overtime left with Grandy and Sterling on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to Overtime with Sterling Bennett and Mark Grandy on 95.7 The Game. We gonna rock down to Electric Avenue. <laughs> Overtime rolls along here on 95.7 The Game. It's Grandy and Sterling with you. Sterling also behind the glass picking out uh, it's one hit wonder. Dude. Pineapple Express. <laughs> That's how I know it. <laughs> Great song. Great song, Electric Avenue. For those of you, uh, you can probably hear us by our, our beautiful voices singing on YouTube. Probably couldn't hear the music. Uh, but I have a voice of an angel, Mark. Oh uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm, I'm the songbird of this generation. <laughs> uh, you might be going a little <laughs> bit too far there. Great song, great song. All right, uh, we got one more segment left of overtime here on 95.7 The Game. It's grand. Chris gave me a look and said, "No, you're not. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it." <laughs> oh, Chris. Brock I mean, Purdy might be the songbird of this generation, though. He throws that. a beautiful ball. Ooh. We'll put it that way. It's a beautiful birdie. Yeah. What do you mean, eh? He's perfect today. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, no, Bob Purdy. Uh-huh. He was really good today, but I'll tell you what, Sterling. Tell me. George Kittle. Does he think he's a, a system quarterback? Ooh. Here's what he said. Yeah, system quarterback, right? It's crazy. You know, just a guy who, uh, another guy who's just taking advantage of his opportunity. You know, Brock's fantastic the way that he you know shows up shows up every single day you know i like someone asked him about his uh was his mindset i mean how can he be so aggressive and protect the football and he talked about being a surgeon he talked about having zero fear and just that quote from him by itself just shows his maturity level and how he understands the game and what he what it means to play quarterback at a high level while being aggressive with taking care of the football so that really made me happy to hear that um but then you just i mean like he doesn't surprise me like, he does that every single week. He does it every single day. And you can just tell, you know, playing football aggressively and having fun time doing it makes it a lot easier. There's George Kittle on his quarterback, Brock Purdy. And listening to that soundbite just jogged something in my memory. Do you remember when Trey Lance was drafted and then last year he was the 
the assumed starter, right? Just kind of by default. He was going to start the season as the starter, and there was all this drama about how the Niners roster loved Jimmy Garoppolo, and it kind of felt like they weren't ready for Trey Lance. It seems like we're approaching Jimmy G-level love for Brock Purdy from the roster. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Right? Like maybe we're not. Maybe we're not there yet. I mean, Jimmy was tested and went through a lot of, Injuries. you know what, <laughs> you know, to get to where he was and yeah. got the team to a Super Bowl, helped get them to a Super Bowl and all of that. Um, got to another NFC Championship game, fought through injuries yeah. and wh- whatever you think about Jimmy as a quarterback, he was always there for his team to put up a fight. Yeah, and it, he earned the respect of the locker room tenfold. Is something that, of course, Trey Lance never got, never had even the opportunity to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, he got hurt, Sterling. You're going to kick a guy while he's down. He's not down. He's third string. Well, he was down. I mean, but my, my, on, on the ground, yeah. My point isn't even about Trey Lance. It feels like we're getting to that point with Brock Purdy where he is nearly as beloved in the locker room as Jimmy G was. And that's yeah. not an easy task. No. Because that's... Jimmy G was – he was – Oh, everyone's best friend in that locker room. Dabbing him up. What's up, bro? Come to the birthday party. Hang out with the ladies. How many times would Kittle show up to a post-game presser with the Garoppolo shirt on? Garoppolo, just half naked, walking by the pool. Exactly. What's up, guys? How's it going? It's like, what is that shirt you have on? But yeah, I think you're right that we are reaching, like you said, Jimmy G levels of love from this Niners team about Brock Purdy to Brock Purdy, where he feels like he's one of the guys, but... I can also say that, and to give my mother credit, and keep in mind, she does not like football. She okay. doesn't. Like, she's a Niner fan because we're Niner fans. Doesn't like football. She liked Jimmy G because, well, they're winning a bunch of games, and I'm sure other reasons why. But <laughs> doesn't like football. The minute Brock Purdy stepped on that field, she goes, "Yep, that's the guy." And I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, it's one game. Like, you know, he's skeptical, whatnot. You know, it's still Trey Lance, whatever." To, to give her credit for, again, not being a football fan, she felt and she could tell that they already accepted him as a player, as a friend, as a teammate. It felt as if from the moment he stepped foot on that field against the Dolphins, they were like, we trust you with our, our team, we trust you with our life, and right now we're going to trust you to lead us to victory. And they bought in completely to him. Well, there were all these stories coming out in the offseason, and I was kind of, after the, the year that Purdy had to close last season, I was kind of waiting for these sorts of stories to come out. Like, when did the the excitement around Purdy really begin? Yeah. I, I think it was Shanahan on the, the Tim Kawakami podcast, the TK, TK. show, during the offseason. And he was just asked about the quarterback situation. It was awkward last offseason with Trey Lance and then Jimmy G practicing on a side field and then coming back and... You draft this guy, Brock Purdy, who you really don't expect anything from, and then he wins your third-string job over a guy that that you signed and gave guaranteed money yeah, to. Yeah. Like, when did this Brock Purdy is actually something begin? And and to, to Kyle Comby's credit, he asked a good question. He asked Kyle Shanahan basically, like, what was there any part of you who, at the beginning of the season, when you were set on starting Trey Lance because you kind of had to based on where you drafted him, were you thinking like? This isn't the best quarterback that we have. And not even talking about Garoppolo, but talking yeah. about Purdy. And Shanahan basically answered like, yeah, I, I, I did have those kind of doubts, but I can't possibly make that decision because you haven't seen it out on the field. Yeah. And if your your decision is between two guys that haven't done it on the field, you're going to go with the, with the guy who you drafted third overall to be the franchise quarterback of the team, kind of by default, right? But those doubts were in Shanahan's mind even before last season started, before Purdy took a snap in the preseason. Could you imagine had Kyle Shanahan just outright started? Oh, my God. He might have been fired. Purdy was handing the ball off the wrong way in preseason games. He's like, yep, that's starting quarterback over Trey Lance and Jimmy. He legitimately might have been fired, even if it was the best football decision. There has been yeah, there yeah. has never been anything <laughs> like that in the history of the NFL. Then there were other stories. I think it was Trent Williams and Fred Warner, I think. Kind of I forget exactly when I think it was in the preseason or maybe late in the preseason leading into the regular season. And they're talking about Brock Purdy and I think Brock overhears them and they're like, "Yeah, this this Brock guy, man, like 
I can't wait to see what he can do out on the field. And that yeah. was before he even took a snap in the regular season as a Niners quarterback. Like, this was something that, of course, caught all of us off guard when it happened. You mentioned the injury against the Dolphins, and he came in and, and lit him up, and his first career start against the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, and he, he passes that test. Then Thursday night football with a broken rib against the Seahawks, yeah. and he passes that test. That surprised all of us, but it probably was surprising to a certain extent to the Niners and to the team, but this was something that they, of course, saw well, well, well before us, and I think as a result, kind of the the belief, the the trust in Brock is deeper on the team because, of course, they've seen it for so much longer than we have. Yeah, I mean, just being in the building during this past training camp and and seeing how the players talk about him, obviously they knew coming into the year he was going to be the starting quarterback, but having to watch Brock Purdy go out there and talk and then watch Trey Lance come in, you're just like, why are we doing this? Like The only reason why you're talking is because you have to. It's not because the team wants you to, not because you normally would talk. And we know how things have transpired since then, but there has been this just overwhelming sense of whether it's trust, whether it's completely buying into what Brock has to offer, but it felt as if, again, that there has really never been a doubt, whether it's in Fred Warner's mind or Trent Williams' mind, who, again, future Hall of Famer Trent Williams, mm-hmm. and Kyle Shanahan being one of the best minds in football, never a doubt of, could Brock actually be our guy? Never a doubt of, could Brock actually be this team's best quarterback, even dating back to last year? The only doubt was, I can't actually pull the trigger on this, can I? Like, what Just will this look optics, like? The politics exactly. of it. It's Don't not, allow it's it. It's not because Birdie yeah. himself. It's because outside looking in, they're not going to understand, and it's going to give me a bad look. But the gamble, if you can even call it that, like, think of it this way. Even when they cut Nate Sudfeld to keep Brock Purdy, everybody said, huh? Who's Brock? Like, what? Who is this guy? And now we're sitting here with 18 games into his career, and we're like... 14 and 4. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, why didn't you cut Nate Feld sooner? <laughs> why didn't you play him at the beginning? And I get why he didn't, but we're sitting here saying, could Kyle Shanahan trust Brock Purdy more than a former MVP? If he asked and polled 32 head coaches in football, I guarantee at least five would say, yeah, or... or most of them would say, yeah, Brock Purdy's in my top five quarterbacks I would trust. We watched Justin Herbert go Ducks. I get it, Mark. We watched him struggle against Man, the Packers' a defense. They're a mess. And the Chargers aren't a good team. We've watched better quarterbacks physically, whether it's with an arm or with their legs, struggle this year. Josh whereas Allen. Whereas Brock Purdy has continued to push through the adversity and get better and better as this year has progressed. Yeah, I'm with you. I agree. And... It's really interesting to see how this story is going to continue to develop because obviously the 49ers have one goal and it's to win a Super Bowl. And uh, for Brock Purdy, that is something that no one ever thought would be possible. I'm sure he didn't even think uh, that it would be possible uh, when he was drafted, even before he was drafted, even after he was drafted, when he was the third-string quarterback entering his rookie season. All right, we got a little more than 10 minutes left on Ooh. overtime here on 95-7 of the game. We have to give out game balls at the very end. I did want to look through the Comcast business text line really quick. 5 uh, is going crazy on there. 510. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Saying some very interesting 510's having a good time. Oh, I yeah. want to address something from the 650. This was a while ago. So 650, I hope you're still listening. Uh, he or she asked, will we be able to watch Niners Seahawks if we don't have uh, streaming services? Yes, you will. It's not an Amazon game, thankfully. First of all, because it's the thurs- it's the the uh, Thanksgiving special. And anyways, even if it was an Amazon game, right. if you're in the local area of one of the games, they will televise it on one of the local networks. Either like Giants Fox, and Niners this year was Al Michaels and Herb Street on Fox, I believe. It w- I can't remember what network it was, but it was either Fox, NBC, or CBS. Yeah. One of the three. Um, so yes, don't worry. It'll if you have cable, it'll be on one of the major networks. If not, you'll be able to stream it as well. Um, but it is not an Amazon broadcast. I don't even know who the broadcasters are, but I don't think it will be Al Michaels. We get into Rico? I don't know. Maybe it will be because it is the night game on, on Thanksgiving. Maybe, maybe it's me and you. Who knows? Yeah, I don't, You don't want to hear that. I don't sorry. think it's that. That would be really cool. 
I'd love to go up to Seattle and call that game. Inaudible screaming every play. Yeah, I'd have to mute Sterling's <laughs> mic. There's Purdy, a reason Purdy, why I don't come in until halftime here because it would be somewhat screaming. Purdy connects with Ayuk for a 57 yard <laughs> touchdown, and just, Sterling is just screaming over the top. <laughs> That would, it would make your ears bleed, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I don't want to let anyone hear that ever. Uh, speaking of Niners and Seahawks, George Kittle was asked about that game coming up again Thursday. It's Thanksgiving. It's the night game, the nightcap uh, of an epic triple header, of course, in the NFL on Thanksgiving. Uh, and he was asked about facing Seattle and, and gave a shout-out to a certain rival. Very excited about Thursday night football against the Seattle Seahawks. Short week. Shout-out to the Rams. Good job, guys. Good job, Mike LaFleur. Um, so thankful for them. Um, but you know, all that means is Seattle's going to be a little angry and it's going to be a great game up there. It's one of my favorite atmospheres, one of my favorite places to play. They absolutely hate us. And I just, what a great fan base to absolutely hate us. It's really fun. It's going to be an exciting game. It's going to be a physical game and we have to go up there and get a, uh, get a win. George Kittle is just the best. Absolutely loves being hated by the Seattle uh, fans, and he's of course referencing the Rams' win over the Seahawks, seventeen to sixteen today. They swept the Seahawks this year. Yep. Seahawks have what four losses now? Two of them have been to the Rams. Seahawks are frauds. <laughs> Such frauds. And, and we'll, we're full circle. That's how you started the show, and that's how we're about to end the show. F R A U D S. Frauds. 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 So an, an updated look at the uh, NFC West standings now. The 49ers are alone. In first place yeah, at seven and three, lightweight Seahawks second at six and four, Rams four and six, Cardinals two and nine. Cardinals put up a good fight today. Kyler Murray is back and he's looking pretty good. Well, it's because of Call of Duty is next week. That's why <laughs> comes is it, out. Next is it out? Is it not out yet? I don't think so. It was it like was. a double XL XP weekend next week. Oh, okay. They almost beat Houston on the road, twenty-one what to sixteen. Demeco Ryan's man got a playoff team in his first year with Houston. Jimmy CJ, Ward didn't play today, though. Tank Dell's. CJ Stroud, though, threw three interceptions today. Yeah. After he had, what, two previously? The whole season? Hitting the rookie wall, Mark. It's over. He's going through what Purdy went through. <laughs> three turnovers in one game. Come on, CJ. We're about to replace you with Davis Mills now. Is Davis Mills still yep. there? He he got in and played a couple snaps when wow. CJ Stroud got hit hard at one point in that game. Davis Mills came in. He was one for one passing for two yards, Sterling. Wow. They could trade. Well, never mind. The, it, it's pass. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. Um, more on the Seattle Seahawks. Here's Brock Purdy, the Denver's quarterback, asked about facing Seattle on Thursday night on the road on Thanksgiving. You know, we're at that point in the season where, you know, obviously every single game is, is crucial. It's huge. And so going into a hostile environment in Seattle with the great team that they have, it's going to be a great challenge for us, and we're excited about it. And obviously the history goes back with, you know, these two organizations and to be able to play on Thanksgiving against them with the, the division, with where it's at, like, doesn't get any better than that. So I'm excited for it. It's been a lot of really big games. Niners in Seattle. Think back to, what, 2019, last last game of the regular season. Travis Homer getting lit up. Is it Travis Homer? I thought it was Jacob Hollister, the tight end. They have, one, they have like 13 a year. They all come and go. Tackle at the goal line to keep him out of the end zone. Niners win. As a result, they win the division. They the, get a bye. The Trenton Cannon game a couple years ago where he, what, he break his neck and they had to get the ambulance out for him. Oh, I don't remember, you remember that, that one. In Seattle a couple years ago, it was crazy. Like the opening kick and delayed oh, the game for like 30 you're minutes. right. Crazy game. You're right. Last year in Seattle was Thursday night football as well. Did oh, the yeah. Niners clinch the division yes, with that yeah. win on Thursday night yeah. as well? So this is the second consecutive year the Niners have played in Seattle on a Thursday night. Feels like that was the last real game Jordan Mason actually got reps, but I digress. <laughs> you unhappy with the Elijah Mitchell I'm touches s- today? Is that what you're fine. saying? Yeah, four like- carries for 24 yards, and I think they all came on one drive. Yeah, felt like that, but, but still. I mean, I... I'm a Jordan Mason guy. Me too. I'm not going to complain when you want to save McCaffrey. But, again, even in this game down the stretch, just give Mason one or two. Yeah. Give him a rep or two. Don't question Shanahan about it, but give him reps or so and you'll be okay. Yeah, Elijah Mitchell, four carries. Jordan Mason did not log a touch offensively. I don't think he had an offensive snap. He was in on special teams. He made a tackle a on special tackles, teams. Yeah. I saw that, but not an offensive snap, I don't believe. Um, all right. Can yeah, we go up? back to Purdy for one second? Because on the YouTube chat brought to you by First NorCal Credit Union, uh, now world says Brock has not gotten better. We won't know if he's gotten better until we are down, and he has to come back. Right now, he's a status quo front runner. Talk about some heat, my friend. Didn't he come back against the Raiders? 
Last year, I get it, it's the Raiders, but he that did. was a shootout with Jared Stidham of all people. Came back against the Seahawks in the playoffs. Didn't well, he put up like forty-five points against them? Felt like they were down at halftime in that game. I've said it so many times, Mark. What outside of winning a Lombardi Trophy or beating the Eagles? What does he have to do? He's come back before. He's beaten top ten defenses over and over and over again. He's won shootouts with. Bad quarterbacks with the Raiders. He's beat Seattle on the road. Like, when Jimmy G beat the Seahawks in 2019, I said, this feels like the first quarterback to beat Seattle on the road in my entire lifetime. That, that felt like winning the Super Bowl. It was the biggest, like, sigh of relief. Like, oh, my goodness. Finally we're over won the in hump. Seattle. And Brock Purdy goes, first try, no problem, and does it like it's nothing. And then With he, a broken rib in his second career start exactly, on Thursday night. Exactly. Like, I get it. People want to see him come back against, like, the Chiefs or the Dolphins or the Eagles. Why do we need to see that? I'd rather see him be out front the entire game and not have to deal with it. I get you want to see him in quote-unquote battle-tested, but to call him a status quo front-runner after being perfect today? Come on. Being perfect through almost two games in a row? Come on. What are we doing? I think the argument that Now World is making again on the YouTube chat powered by First NorCal Credit Union, get over there and, and you can take a look. A lot of fun chatting going on over there. I think the argument that he's making is more about the offense as a whole as opposed to just Brock Purdy. What's the stat? Shanahan, when trailing in the fourth quarter, is 0 and whatever. Like, first of all, um, almost every, yeah. <laughs> co- every, every head coach in the NFL, every team in the NFL, if you're trailing by a decent amount in the fourth quarter, you're going to have a terrible record. It's just but, but what happens. He just responded saying, now you're proving my point searching from games from last year. So you want just to use this year? Do you only use one year to prove that the greats are the greats? No. You look over their entire discography, right? You look over their entire career and say, wow, they were great in this year and that year and the other. And again, no one's saying Brock Purdy is elite. Well, I am. But no people are saying that Brock Purdy is better than Mahomes or whatnot. But you're asking through, what, what, 10 games to say, when does Brock Purdy ever come back? Why does it matter? All the games they've won, they've been ahead by a ton they put up yeah. 42 against the, then the number two defense in football. They annihilated a good Jaguars team that had the third best defense in football. Why is there still the need to you have to, to prove it to me still? Prove what? Yeah, I get you. But I, I also think this argument, I think, is a little bit more... I think it's a little bit misplaced by now world. I think it's more about the offense as a whole because the system that Kyle Shanahan runs, it's based on confusing defenses and making the run look like the pass and making the pass look like the run and doing so many things out of the same motion, out of the same formation. And when you're down by 14 points in the fourth quarter, guess what? That confusion, that misdirection, that motion, when you're trying to make this pass play look like the run play you ran in the second quarter – Guess what? The defenses aren't expecting a run, and they aren't biting on that yeah, stuff anymore. And as a result, they're able to just kind of play you one-dimensional. And I think to now World's point, when the Niners have to go one-dimensional on offense, it's less of a knock on Brock because it's been the it's, case for every quarterback that Shanahan has had as a 49er. Yeah. They have struggled in that regard. Now, I would argue almost every team struggles in those instances. There are the, the Mahomes and the Burroughs, when he's healthy, that yeah. can overcome those sorts of things. But generally speaking, that's kind of just how football works. If you're down a lot in the fourth quarter and defenses know you're throwing the ball, guess what? It's going to be more difficult to throw the ball. So for me, I get now World's point, but I think it's more about the, the system that Shanahan right. runs as opposed to his quarterback by itself. And I, I'm not trying to come down now World's road, but it does feel like maybe – the need for Purdy to prove is more so of Shanahan needs to prove. I think so, yes. Not Purdy. It's Shanahan's system needs to prove it can withstand I agree. being down late. Not exactly Brock Purdy's play. I agree. I agree. All right, we have just like two minutes left here on overtime, so we got to quickly Can run through keep it rolling, our game balls. Our game balls here to wrap up overtime. I'm feeling the, the holiday spirit, wow. so I'm going to let you go first, Sterling. Who's your first Ooh. game ball going to? I'm going to give it to Brandon Ayuk. Five ah, catches, pick. 156 yards. I shouldn't yards. have let you go first. <laughs> Probably his best game of the year. Maybe second best game of the year besides week number one against the Steelers. Uh, 31 
yards per catch. I mean, my goodness, this guy was a walking three first downs per catch. He was incredible today. Uh, again, 76-yard touchdown pass. His best game of the year, in my opinion, by far. Yep. All right. I'll pick the other obvious one offensively. It's Brock Purdy, a perfect quarterback ranking, 20, or quarterback rating, 21 for 25, 333 yards and three touchdowns. Did not turn the ball over. You say Ayuk's best game of the year. I think Brock Purdy's best game of the year. He was incredible. Perfect. Now, over 600 yards and six touchdowns, no turnovers in his last two games. He gets my game ball. Do you have uh, someone to give a game ball to on the defensive side, Sterling? How about Jair Brown? Stepping hey, up when you need a rook. I mean, why not? Stepping up when you need it most, getting cooked by George Kittle in practice per Kittle himself makes him tougher and hardens him for the real-time games. Real-time plays, a big pick to seal this win. Jair Brown, defensive game ball. Good one. I like that. I will go with the uh, the defensive captain, Fred Warner, led the team in tackles, had another forced fumble, two passes defensed. He's the only player in the NFL with at least three interceptions and three forced fumbles this season. He is barreling towards another all-pro season. He was phenomenal today, one of, if not his best game of the season as well. All right, that'll do it for overtime today. The 49ers knock off the Buccaneers 27-14. to The Niners have responded to their three-game losing streak with a two-game win streak, and they'll try to make it three in a row on Thursday, Thanksgiving night, up in Seattle against the Seahawks. We got your pregame coverage beginning at 2 all the way until kick just after 5. And then Sterling and I have you covered after the game for overtime, as always, on Thanksgiving night. Hope you join us then. Until then, for Chris O'Connell, getting us all that sound and the highlights throughout the day. Thanks so much to Chris. Uh, For my partner, Sterling Bennett, my name is Mark Randy signing off. Thanks so much for tuning in all night long. The Niners knock off the Bucks 27-14. They're now 7-3 and and alone in first place in the NFC West. Thanks for listening on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 